shit, he finally released episode 9, am I right? Welcome to uh, episode 9 of When and Rob Green's Earth. I'm going to try to get this on a regular schedule. I know I say that a lot, but I've actually been a little bit proactive. I've got some guests lined up that I'm pretty excited about, and I think everyone's going to enjoy some pretty interesting people that do some pretty interesting things, and that's what we like to hear on the show. So yeah, I want to thank you for hanging in there and being patient with me. I will try to do better. How much did it suck hearing about Chadwick Boseman? Um, he was the actor that played Black Panther and Jackie Robinson and James Brown. And I'm not just like a Marvel fanboy. I kind of lost interest in the Marvel movies a while ago. You know, it's just something that just goes on and on and on and on. And there's just never ending conflict. And I'm like, eh, I've got my life. I don't need that. But all kidding aside, though, um, yeah, he was a tremendous actor, I gotta say that, and like more so than his acting, I think I enjoyed watching him in interviews when he was talking about films he was in or things he was involved with. He always had such integrity and such strong conviction, and he always, like, he spoke like he was very wise, and I just always had a great respect and admiration for that, and then to find out what he's been battling while making those movies, just that respect and admiration grows, like that was a very strong man and the entertainment world has lost a great performer and uh yeah that's really all i gotta say about uh that subject except you know i guess that just reinforces that cliche that everyone's passing around be nice to people because you don't know what silent struggles they're facing and that's true and i mean just be nice to people anyway it's not that fucking hard to do if you know someone who's just constantly being an asshole tell them i said to knock that shit off And if you find yourself being kind of a prick from time to time, you know, cut that shit out, you know, and if it's all the time and it's hard to just go cold turkey, just drop it down to maybe once or twice a week to someone who deserves it, like another prick. Don't go taking shit out on the poor uh, retail clerk, you know, the one who's handling money, one of the dirtiest things we have, through a fucking plague, you know, like that person's dealing with a hundred people a day taking all sorts of money. God knows what their fucking temperament's like. Be nice to that person or be nice to the guy that's dropping off all that shit that you're ordering online, you know, like be nice to the postal workers, you know, like good on them for just delivering all that shit from Amazon and not going postal. And just so you know, that saying is a saying for a reason since like fucking 1970, I think over 300 people have been killed by postal workers. They go nuts sometimes, so thank you, postal workers, for not setting your profession back 50 years. And while we're at it, um, shout out to the delivery people. You know, a lot of travelers are supposed to stay quarantined for two weeks, but like any of us, they can be lazy fucks and they don't want to cook anything, so they order delivery. And they're not supposed to see anyone, but they see that 16-year-old kid who drove there in his shitty Honda that he's not too proud of, you know, he won't talk to anyone he's attracted to while he's driving by them in it. In fact, the only time he will shout from a vehicle at them is when he's hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride trying to holler at them. You either like that or I just carbon dated myself for nothing. But yeah, like, shout out to them for, you know, getting us the food on time. Like, I love the delivery guys and the delivery girls. Plutonically, though, not, like, I don't love them in a weird, strange way. I, that, I don't, don't take it that way. I just you know like i appreciate you don't stop delivering me food i'm not weird you're weird finally you know i want to throw a big shadow to leonardo dicaprio one because he's a good actor he really is and two every time he's in a movie and he has an alcoholic beverage he becomes a hilarious fucking meme that keeps me entertained when i should be working on my show instead 
But with all that being said, I have a guest on this episode, as I normally do. Uh, this is a friend of mine. He was competing in a powerlifting competition in New Brunswick, but he agreed to jump on the podcast right after he was done. So, ladies and gentlemen, fresh from competition, we have Jamie McDonald here. Jamie, how you doing, bud? Good, good. Getting a little bit of recovery going after a long day of lifting, but uh, yeah, feeling good. You guys can't see what he just held up. He is, in fact, having an alcoholic beverage. <laughs> it's a nice protein shake. It it's is a, a nice protein shake. <laughs> no. I, I don't need duplex IPA, Loyalist City, some New Brunswick brew. I don't know. No. <laughs> well, Peace. it's only fair. I mean, you're celebrating. How'd you do today? Uh, not too bad. I uh, went seven for nine. I was a little bit worried because I missed my top on my squat and my bench, but then I got everything on my deadlift and ended up getting a pier on that so we good we good since i started i dropped two weight classes i started at 105 kilos and this one i competed at 83 kilos and i'm about seven and a half kilos away from my pier total for 105 so i'm sure if you if you're not into powerlifting that is going to be great for a lot of people but i'm <laughs> close to what I was at 105 at significantly lighter body. So PR, that's personal record? Yeah. Yeah, that would be the best I've done in competition. My PR for deadlift today was 237.5 kilos, which translates to uh, about 524 freedom. Or 523.5, if I'm going to be fair. <laughs> if we're being fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So how'd you get into powerlifting? Well, I've been kind of into just activity stuff basically all my life. Like I started Taekwondo when I was a wee lad, when I was five, and kind of did mostly martial arts stuff for most of my life. Uh, moved on to like Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu and wrestling and all that stuff. And then whenever I went back to school, I went to school for IT. I needed something to stay in shape and the options were either go to Merrimack cause I was going to school in Churro, go to Merrimack and pay 9,500 bucks a month to kickboxing and jiu-jitsu or whatever, or the school gym is free and I can teach myself how to lift with a barbell. So I did that and it just kind of escalated from there and now I'm competing. <laughs> <laughs> so how many years have you been into that? Actually competing. I've been uh, going since December 2017 and I think this would have been my 10th competition since then something like that I started just like doing the general belts in uh, 2014 but uh, competing it would have been 2017 right on that's uh, two years before the the end of the world I believe yeah I guess it'd be two years because it would have been the end of 2017 so yeah. just a little bit north of two years <laughs> how's the COVID affecting the competitions Oh, big time. This one, there was no crowd at all. Normally there's a crowd cheering you on. And like, even for like small local level meets, like you'll have a couple local stragglers there, just kind of nothing better to do. You'll have family, you'll have friends, whatever. This time there was nothing. There was the lifters, there was the volunteers. That was it. 
I actually got a text from a buddy of mine, like a training partner who I lift with all the time. He said it was like a uh, nursing home party. <laughs> so, that, so, like, so the energy is quite a bit different than it normally would be if you had a little bit of a crowd. But I mean, make do. We're allowed to lift again. It is what it is. And it was well put on by uh, RJ and the New Brunswick powerlifting crew. Nothing to complain about, really. You get a big rush off the audience when you're lifting normally? Yeah, big time. Uh, you'll get nerves. I always get nervous, but uh, like the nerves kind of turn into like that a little bit of adrenaline rush. Like usually whenever I'm warming up, like I start to like, <gasps> like I get like the dry heat. Like, <laughs> but then once I hit my final warm up for squat, I'm like, okay, that moved fine. We good. And then I'm fine the nerves kind of turn into that bit of adrenaline rush for sure. The audience cheering gives you a little bit of motivation. Yeah, exactly. And this time, like no audience, but like everybody was kind of cheering each other on. Like even the guys in like uh, the same weight class as the other, like we're all pretty friendly with each other. So like we're cheering each other on. Volunteers were cheering the uh, lifters on and stuff. So it was, as far as I could tell, like it was fine like it still sounded loud to me but pretty weird but there's still enough people there that it was worthwhile to wear your cute shorts (laughs) uh yeah the the cute shorts for the gram well actually what all it is is i'm wearing my basketball shorts now i just roll them up i don't buy special shorts or anything i just (laughs) get out of the way just look like short shorts it's whatever it is what it is the best part about doing these podcasts over zoom and the internet whatnot is that I'm talking to a power lifter and I can jerk his britches full of shit because he can't reach me. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, you, you know what I'm like anyways. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You've always been pretty easy going. So I figured that, uh, I figured I could compliment the shorts a little bit. Oh yeah. No, like half the reason I can continue, like I do do it to get actually to get it out of the way, but half the reason I continue is because people are just like, Oh, you got the short shorts going. Like, yeah, I got the short shorts going. I got the legs for it. Fuck it. <laughs> you got to flaunt it, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, why are you wearing shorts? It's because I squat. That's why. <laughs> Whenever you don't have chicken legs, you too can wear short shorts. Not you specifically, but anyway. <laughs> I, so, I know you don't have chicken legs. Uh, so, the, so now the question is, does the hate mail come because you sound like a meathead or because meat to me because I'm objectifying you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the hate mail is always a problem whenever you're a comedian. If you're trying to be funny, somebody's going to get cranky. Yeah, if someone doesn't get cranky, you're not doing it right. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. So you've been competing since 2017. Now, if I remember correctly, you had a pretty significant shoulder injury prior to that. I did. I had a massive shoulder injury. Uh, that would have been... Uh, whenever I was doing wrestling, I was uh, doing a drill with Dave Gillis. This injury wasn't his fault, mind you. I'm not throwing him under the bus in any way. He's Dave Gillis, fantastic guy. But I was doing a drill with him, and he was a pretty small guy at the time. And, like, I wasn't big. Like, I was probably 160 pounds at the time. Like, I wasn't even the size that I am now. He was probably 125 pounds. And we were doing a gut wrench drill, and I had him in the gut wrench position and he dropped and she came undone and before that i actually it popped out a little bit before that that happened and i knew there was a problem and then eventually like i went to the doctor got me an mri referral and before that happened i actually posted up out of bed like that and the whole sucker bang 
like literally in through like underneath my pec was my arm bone shoulder was underneath my chest and I called my friends Dana and Megan because I didn't I don't know why I was I was hurt and I was a dumbass I was like I didn't want to pay for an ambulance so they, you got to take me to the hospital and they get to my house like within like a minute like they were they sped up they're there there's a statute of limitations on speeding right so they can't get in trouble for this we're good oh yeah this was years ago <laughs> uh, Megan poked around my shoulder and like her hand was going in and she's like what the fuck and then she puts her hand on my chest and realizes my shoulder bone is there and she shoots her hand back like oh my god like no like you you need an ambulance and they actually called my parents and my dad takes one look at me and he's just like i'm not fucking touching him you're <laughs> idiot <laughs> so they call an ambulance they have to like dope me up to the nine see if you can get me out of the bed and stretch me out haul me to the they just dope me up to the point where i just went completely limp and they just chucked her back in and got the mri after that and it was pretty bad labral terror and it was a nine month uh recovery and it was pretty nasty but got through it anyway and then after that i joined muay thai our mutual good friend alex kind of got me more or less forced my hand to get me into muay thai because i was while i was going through that injury i kind of went into a little bit of like a depressive phase, I guess. Like I got a little bit fat, eating a lot of pizza and drinking too much. And I, I went from like that 160 pound wrestler to like 220 pounds of like pure fat, not any muscle. I mean, it's just like, and he's just like, dude, smart up. You, you need to go to Muay Thai. So basically Alex pulled you out of your funk and got you into Muay Thai and got you active again. Yeah. The Muay Thai led to me just wanting to stay active. You want to stay active led to powerlifting. How was the uh, entry into powerlifting after the shoulder? Like, my shoulder hasn't bothered me at all. Like, uh, the surgeon that did it was uh, Dr. Douglas Gay. He uh, led me through, like, the rehab and all that stuff. And it hasn't bothered. Like, I remember whenever I first started Muay Thai, I was a little tentative with it. But since I've been in powerlifting, I mean, like, it hasn't bothered me at all. Like, once in a while, I might get a little bit of soreness, like, inside, like, my bicep, like, almost in my armpit. Mm-hmm. But, like, that, it doesn't feel loose or anything like that. Like, it did whenever I was wrestling and I actually had the labral tear. Like, it's it's structurally sound. It's just basically regular powerlifting soreness, more or less. <laughs> just a little tinge to remind you that it was fucked up at one point. Yeah. And, like, anybody that low bar squats is going to know, like, they'll, they'll feel that bicep soreness once in a while if they're not stretching their biceps and pecs out and stuff so it's basically just something to keep me on my toes but it's it hasn't held me back strength wise it's structurally sound doesn't bother me that's good news when you're lifting what's something that uh if someone wants to get into this what's something that you'd tell them just start honestly like there's no strength requirement there's no aside from like maybe like regionals or nationals like they have uh qualifying standards other than that, like, if you see a local meet, if you can squat the bar, you're good. Like, you can go and compete and s- squat the bar if that's your entry point. And nobody's going to, like, make – like, if somebody goes and squats the bar, like, nobody's going to be like, oh, they're only lifting so much. Like, nobody cares. Everybody's here to cheer people on. If you're trying your hardest, 
that's all they care about. That's really it. So if you want to get into it, just get into it. If you know people who are into it, like myself, uh, in the Anaganesh area, another good guy is Joe Benoit. He's a regular training partner of mine. Uh, Frank Julian from the Bucking Tech Fitness Center. All three of us competed today. Uh, Andy O'Brien as well competed from the uh, Anaganesh area. He's from Irvin Bushy. Just find somebody who has competed ask them uh, about what the judges are going to be looking for, start training for that, look over the rule book. That's really it. Like, you don't need to be, oh, I'm, I don't. I want to be this strong before I start. Don't worry about that. Just get the platform experience and go. Yeah, I think that's a big deterrent for a lot of people when they start working out is like, God, I've been going to the gym for like three weeks and I don't look like Ronnie Coleman yet. Yeah, like, like I had people ask me just like, Oh, because I did drop from the 105, 231 pound, 105 kilo, 231 pound weight class down to 83, which is 183 pounds. And that's actually two weight classes from 105 to 93 to 83. Uh, and they're just like, oh, how did you drop that much and not lose strength? It's like, I lost strength. Like, you, you got to drop the weight first and then let it build back up, I should say. Like it takes time. Like you, you can't just like unless you're pumping the gear or something like that. Like, and I don't do that. Like I'm a natural guy. I don't worry about any of that stuff because I'm sure there is guys that want to cheat. It is what it is. But I'm just not that guy. But like, if you're not doing that, it's hard to drop that much weight and not lose strength. I did. So like, you just have to have a little bit of patience and a lot of people just don't have that. I'm just like, why am I not immediately deadlifting 500 pounds? Why do I immediately not have 24 inch pythons like Cole Felder? Because you're, you only went for three weeks, like have a little bit of patience. What was your uh, motivation for dropping your weight? Well, number one, I don't like the term motivation because a lot of people use motivation as Oh, how do I stay motivated? Like, it's not a matter. Like, I do this because I like it. Like, I'm not always motivated to go to the gym, or I wouldn't be motivated necessarily to drop uh, weight classes or anything like that. Like, really, my main factor for dropping was just to be a little bit more competitive. But at the same time, donuts are fucking delicious. <laughs> As you can see, it's fucking delicious. I like that stuff. And I could have that all the time if I lifted at 105, but I don't. So the beer is a treat for me now. But at the same time, I wanted to be a little bit more competitive, so I just have the discipline to do it. But uh, I, I don't worry about motivation too much, so much as just this is what I want to do. This is how I got to do it. That's really it. Speaking of, have you seen that thing that somebody posted on the internet? How many donuts are in your drink? And it measures like the equivalency of... Yeah. The sugar, and it's like pop has six donuts, energy drinks have yeah. five, like an orange juice has three and a half. And the guy's like, someone responded, so what I've learned is donuts are healthier than I thought. <laughs> uh, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's also have a lot of like fat and stuff too. Not that fat in itself is bad, but the fat with the carbs and all that's just the way that they're made. They're rough, but at the same time, they're so good. So tomorrow I might have couple few donuts just as a little treat just before i get back on track what's your donut of choice oh that's a, a i like to get deep and personal just so you know i do like a good chocolate toasted coconut one 
You can get those ones from uh, from Tim's, but from Robin's. It's like a chocolate donut, and it's glazed, and it has toasted coconut. Those ones are deadly. Those ones, I like those a lot. And like I know, like Vandal Donuts and a bunch of other places have like super crazy specialty donuts where they have like Lucky Charms on them and shit. But like I've never really had those. And <laughs> toasted coconut's a pretty good donut topping. Like I, I don't think you need to get too fancy with it. It's a donut. It's already pretty good. Are you a coffee drinker with them? Oh yeah, I'm I'm a big coffee guy anyway. I I love my coffee. Like before training, like I'll usually have a couple cups of coffee just to. Like a lot of guys will have pre-workout. I'll just pound some coffee before usually. I'm just big, big coffee guy. I, I feel that. I feel that. I drink way too much coffee. But never too much coffee. coffee <laughs> good for the brain. Oh, my. So with your lifting, do you have like anyone noteworthy who's like an inspiration to you or someone who you kind of want to emulate in that sense? Again, I'm not a big like inspiration guy. There's, there's, of course, like everybody at the top of the food chain kind of thing. Like, I'll look up to, like, yeah, I'd want to do well like that, like a John Hack or something. Like, John Hack would be somebody in my weight class. Lifts pretty crazy weights. Like, yeah, if I can lift like him, that'd be pretty cool. But, like, even just being around the guys that I train with, uh, Joe Benoit, Frank Julian, and Corey Julian, his brother, uh, Andy O'Brien, uh, Trudy Delore, who's not a powerlifter, she's an Olympic weightlifter, but just being in the same gym and just kind of feeding off each other's energy. I train with a higher performance method, so like uh, Steffi Cohen and Hayden Boy would be, or Hayden Bo, sorry. It's pronounced Boy usually, whatever. <laughs> We're there. He's from Ontario. Uh, Hayden Bo. Uh, they're pretty elite level powerlifters, but like, they're guys to look up to for sure. And then like Jeff Tamborello, the Facebook modding community, he's kind of like him and Simon Chang are my uh, direct superiors to that. And like, it's good being around those guys and Travis Weir and all those guys. I'm, I'm blanking on everybody's names now. And they're all going to shit on me whenever they hear this, but I'm drinking beer. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's I, not they, a- they all know I'm drunk. So it's fine. It's not an Oscar speech. Like yeah, you're, you're the, allowed to forget. Yeah. The, the, the hybrid people. I, I look up the hybrid people as well. You can't see it, but he's wearing the shirt right and, now. And I'm sorry for forgot people down at the uh, bottom deck. Darnell Johnson. There I'll, I'll throw Darnell out. Nobody else gets mentioned. <laughs> it up to the beer. Yeah. Anybody that either trains with hybrid or trains at the bottom deck fitness center. I feed off their energy. Just being around people, like it doesn't really matter necessarily, like the level I'm looking up to is just more if I can feed off their energy or not. Well, just so you guys know, he is wearing the hybrid shirt. He's sporting a proud. He's either rubbing his shirt because he likes the team or he's being really creepy on camera right now. But (laughs) (laughs) got to make sure the logo is nice and crisp. It is. It's beautiful. (laughs) So that's some people that you kind of look up to. I got a question for you. Shoot. Are you familiar with Celebrity Smack Talk? Yes. So basically, if this is the first episode that someone tunes into, I give everybody a platform if there's some celebrity that they just can't fucking stand. And I've even done this myself on the show. Just talk some shit about them for, you know, 15, 20, 30 seconds. Depends on what kind of role you get. Jamie, is there anyone that you really dislike? Well, you know what? I don't know if there's a whole lot of people that I truly dislike, but I'm going to kind of 
jump the script on this a little bit because it's not necessarily celebrity, but a lot of people do this. And it's people that use the terms underrated and overrated. So I'm sure there's celebrities that do this. And actually, if we're going to talk celebrities, maybe I'll call out the Massonomics guys. They're not really celebrities, but they do host a podcast as well, a lifting podcast. And they do a segment called Overrated and Underrated. But the terms overrated and underrated are fucked. Because why are you hinging your opinion on other people's opinions? Like, oh, too many people like this. Like, who cares how many people like something? Why? Like, why do I care? Oh, however many people like this. Do I like it? Yes. Okay, cool. Do I not like it? Okay, I won't enjoy the thing. I'm like, I'm not going to, I don't give a shit about the people who like it or don't like it. Why? Like, and, and I actually got to call out somebody specifically. So you could tag at Massonomics in that. That works. And you know what? That's basically every sports broadcaster that's ever worked. Yes. Sports guys are so bad for the, like ESPN pundit guys. Like, Oh, this guy's so overrated. Like, Shut it. Like, he got however many goals. Like, you're sitting there in a suit. Shut your mouth. Like, <laughs> What's he getting paid? Have the ball you to say paid? he's not good or he's good at his job. Leave him alone. Isn't that the thing, though, what they're really saying by overrated is just saying that it's a nice way of saying you're not that good, bud. It's a way of saying they're not good or whatever thing it, that is overrated is not good. But it's a way of saying it without having balls. That's I, it. I use the term overpaid for sports stars. Like that guy is making way too much money for what he contributes. Yes, I don't blame him though. I don't blame him. If someone wanted to offer me a shit ton of money to do something I'm oh, barely qualified for, yeah. I will fuck up that job as best I can with a smile on my face all the way to the bank. Yeah. Like if somebody wants me to not get a Super Bowl ring and they want to pay me $3 million to not get a Super Bowl ring. Cool. I can do that. Sure. You're doing that right now for free. Imagine how well you'd not get a Super Bowl ring for $3 million. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So something I was going to bring up, uh, just moving on a little bit from uh, your lifting and whatnot. How's that beer going down? Oh, fantastic. You're actually, like when I was kind of borderlining on, uh, do I want a podcast? Do I want to do shit like this? Can I do it? You were actually really supportive of me just in the early phases of bringing this whole thing together. And you and Dana used yeah. to do a show called The Scrap. Yes, we did. Uh, Scrap Radio, uh, which was an offshoot of just like a shitty Facebook page that I used to run. We hosted The Scrap Radio on uh, CFXU over on uh, campus in X. Tell us about The Scrap. Uh, well, the, the Scrap Radio, well, first The Scrap was a wrestling and an MMA kind of like news commentary site. Like I, I wouldn't necessarily report news. Like I wasn't a reporter, but I would comment on it and just make friend like whatever uh, MMA and uh, pro wrestling news was happening. I'd like, I'd post it and I'd make a comment about it. And then the scrap radio, which was what me and Dana did. Uh, that was kind of an offshoot of that, where we would talk about different happenings in the uh, MMA and pro wrestling world as well as uh, playing music as well. And we'd kind of focus on more underground, heavy stuff, um, heavy metal, hardcore, harder hip-hop, that sort of thing. Kind of bring that, a lot of uh, focus on Canadian content because they were big on uh, 
but you had to be like 30 or 35% Canadian content or something. So we did try to bring out like new Canadian bands just to bring that to the forefront kind of thing. Not that little uh, university radio show in Anaganish, Nova Scotia is the forefront, but like just kind of trying to do our part to spread the word about maybe some smaller bands that we like while we kind of shot the shit about wrestling and MMA. Yeah, man, we all we all have our listeners, though, right? Like you, you put out there what you like and what you think needs attention, and hopefully one or two people. Yeah, for on. sure. Then they tell two yeah, friends, definitely. and they tell two friends, and then you have that whole hair commercial from the '80s again. Yeah, exactly. And I re- remember, and like Nails aren't exactly a small band, but I remember, uh, like, this was like kind of our test. Was uh, I really want to see what the boundaries that we can push for, like, what we can play for music. Is. And we played uh, Violence is Forever by Nails. Nails is like a super hard, like grind, hardcore, power violence, whatever you want to call them, band, like blast beats and shit. And then as we were playing them, I looked out and I see my producer, there's like a headbang, the fuck, yeah, Nails. Like, all right, I think we're good. And we had a good run of a, like half a year. Yeah, you. Um, I saw a post, you guys had some uh, nice golden record pictures going on there. On Facebook at one yeah, point. Yeah, that was uh, the Foxies, I think they called them. That it was like their uh, award show kind of thing, and we had we won the uh, viewers' choice. I think it was. It, the viewers got to vote on which show that they liked the most, and ours won, which was pretty neat. So, uh, and that's currently hanging in our previously mentioned uh, mutual friend Alex McDonald's basement. Because <laughs> I have any other spot to put it, and like we actually went out and celebrated with him at the at the time Split Crow. Nowadays, people know it as the nice, fancy Coldstream Brewery, where you can walk in and buy your nice vodka drinks. At the time, it was the shitty Split Crow, and we went and we tore the place down with our shitty cold record. <laughs> that's a people's choice award that to me is probably the most important award you can win because that shows that you're actually doing what you want to do and doing it well because you want to connect with people you want to give them something that entertains them and you did like Definitely. that's totally worth yeah. drinking in a shitty bar for yeah and like given what our show was like it was a pretty niche audience already like we were targeting to pro wrestling and mma fans who also like heavy music so like not necessarily your run-of-the-mill radio listener and people still tuned in and watch so that was pretty cool well that means there's a little bit of something for everyone like someone's gonna see the description of this episode and they're gonna be like oh a lifter i want to hear this they'll sit through my five ten minutes of bullshit at the first before like they'll put up with it before they get to you right sure but that's usually how like i've listened to podcasts before like that's typically how i'll i myself will listen to it like like oh I, i like this particular host and i'll listen to it and it doesn't really matter who the guest is so I'll, I'll listen kind of shoot the shit for a little bit and then oh this person's on what do they have to say so uh what were some highlights doing the scrap for you like what were besides winning the award what was like the the best parts of that for you uh just getting to go out and do the show was really fun and like just to see the like even the staff who worked at the station, like their reactions to our show. Cause I, I presented the show to them and like, it's not necessarily just Santa Vex cause I, I wasn't a Santa Vex student. I currently work for Santa Vex, but I didn't even work for them at the time. I just went up to them just like, Hey, I have this idea for a show. What do you think? Like, yeah, cool. Let, let's do it. And then I thought that was strange. I was like, okay, I see their reaction. 
genuine good reactions like oh yeah this is a great show we love this and like they're actually reacting positively to the music like they might not necessarily be they might not care about what me and Dan have to say about Monday Night Raw or whatever we're talking about but like they're interested in how we're bantering like maybe me and Dana have a difference in opinion or something like I think this is going on with this like oh no I think this is what's happening here and like just like how we kind of bounce back and forth off each other, how we feed off each other. Like they're interested just in the conversational piece of that. That was pretty cool. Like just to see as we were doing it, the staff's reaction live. That was on a weekly basis you did the show, correct? Yeah, we did it um, Wednesday evening, or not Wednesday evenings, uh, Wednesday afternoons on a weekly basis. Uh, Dana at the time worked at the arena, so he wasn't always there. But even whenever he wasn't, like I would – post on like the Facebook page, uh, send in questions or whatever, and then I'd answer questions and I'd just put in a couple more songs and we'd be good. Most of the time, Dana was there and like we'd have like a bit of the banter and stuff and it'd be a good time. So that ran about a year and a half. What was the, uh, what was the end of that? Like what caused you to stop doing that show? Uh, it was basically just like the end of the school year for Santa Max, so that's kind of like the end of their cycle. And we just kind of ended up stopping. Like, we just didn't continue after the next semester rolled around. Like, I ended up being a little bit more busy with work. Dan ended up being a little bit more busy with work. It just kind of didn't happen. And that, and that was really it. Being an adult sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, I'd love to get back into uh, something like that. Uh, I did, like, another aspect of the Scrap was uh, Scrap Arcade, which was a YouTube it was three YouTube videos that I did for three games. Uh, ECW. One, yeah. Or no, I didn't do the EC. I, I teased the ECW one and I didn't end up doing it. So if I do end up going back to that, that's going to be the first one. <laughs> Your hardcore revol- revolution as I teased it. But it was uh, UFC, like the very first UFC game on Dreamcast and PS1. WWF Warzone and WWF Attitude. And the reason that the ECW would would be the next one is because that would be the next one in that like acclaim series yeah it just was basically a reskinned <laughs> wwf attitude i had those yeah games. exactly yeah two there's hardcore revolution and then there's anarchy rules and both of them are basically just attitude reskinned and by that point no mercy was out and they were terrible by comparison <laughs> so there's no point of them do you still game oh yeah yeah i'm a big time gamer uh Mostly old stuff, but I did just buy this sucker, uh, Switch. Uh, and I got Pokemon for that, and I've been hard on that. But uh, other than that, it's usually some older stuff. I just hooked up my PlayStation and started a new game of Grand Turismo 2 not too long ago. That, that's kind of where my heart lies for gaming, but uh, I do enjoy the games for sure. I can totally, uh, I can totally neglect my... Like adult responsibilities while I'm playing games guilt free. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Whenever I'm getting sucked into Pokemon, like I don't care about the bills that I have to pay or the project that we're doing at work because I have my Cinderace that's booting a ball of fire at some metal robot and melting it in one shot. <laughs> yeah, if I'm watching like a movie or a show, there's like a commercial or there could be like 
the break between shows where it asks you if you're still watching Netflix and you're like, I should really be doing something else. But video games don't do that. No, video games don't give a fuck. <laughs> eight hours, they don't care. Are you still watching Netflix? Shouldn't you be recording an episode of your show? Shouldn't you be trying to get that on a regular schedule? Yeah, exactly. Netflix oh. tries to be responsible. Gaming does not. <laughs> uh, I think... Uh, Maybe there's something like internal that's trying to talk to me like that. I shouldn't just be blaming the Netflix and I should probably try to tap in and resolve that. Or I could play a video game yeah. and not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you could You could always try to tap in and be a responsible adult or you could just play more games. <laughs> oh my. So you said uh, you like the whole performing aspect of the scrap and you're looking to get back into something in that vein is there anything that you can share with us or not necessarily uh just because i haven't really fleshed it out yet but uh there is me and alex mcdonald we did start something called pogey gaming if i did start anything back up and probably be under that umbrella i would i would probably continue scrap radio i can't continue just the scrap anymore because Apparently somebody's using it now and ended up getting way more followers than I ever did. So I, I can't compete with them anymore. I, I can't. What am I going to do? Sue them? I had 90 followers. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Who cares? But uh, I would consider, or I would continue the scrap radio underneath the Pogi gaming umbrella or the scrap arcade, sorry, under the Pogi gaming umbrella. And I would also do like general gaming content like whether that's streaming or what is like i'm just given that i'm into pokemon i I would totally do like pokemon challenges or something just because i've watched a lot of those videos people like oh can i beat pokemon fire red with just a magikarp like weird challenges like that like i'd like to stream those kind of things or something like that along with the uh, wrestling games and whatnot just because wrestling games are such a big part of my makeup as a person along with wrestling in general 2k20 how'd you find that <laughs> no comment fair. that's fair actually yeah i i can I, I can give a lot of comments but we'll be here for a long time no comments the nicest thing anyone said about that game <laughs> yeah that's, that's a rough one that's <laughs> definitely rough. i'll i'll stick with my uh no mercy and here comes the pain thank you <laughs> Still watch wrestling, still follow the UFC, all those fun things? Yeah, UFC's a little harder to follow in, like, Dem main general just because there's so many fighters now. Like, I, I will try to catch big cards for uh, UFC and Bellator and whatnot. Uh, and I do catch, like, WWE and NXT and AEW. Big AEW fan, actually. I love AEW. But, uh, yeah, I, I do try to keep up with as much as I can. MMA is just a little harder just because there is so many. Like, there's 800 fighters in the UFC. I can't keep up with all of them, but I keep up with what I can, for sure. um, How do you find the the shows now with the Thunderdome and the no crowds? It's weird. AEW, I think, did it the best just because the WWE tried to emulate it a little bit before they did the Thunderdome thing. AEW just had their general talent kind of around the ring making noise or whatever. And then WWE tried to emulate that by bringing the NXT guys out. And it kind of worked, but at the same time, like, they were kind of running them ragged and they were making them work 12-hour days or whatever the fuck. It's like, give them a fucking break. Like, what are you doing? And now they have the Thunderdome thing going, and that's kind of weird. 
because you just see the screens and they're clearly just piping in crowd noise. Like <laughs> somebody actually picked out that it was like WWE 2K stock crowd noise that they're piping in. <laughs> and like it, it's clearly weird, but it's they're they're making do with what they have, I guess. I I think they copied NBA or something. Like I, I think NBA did something similar with like the screens for the crowds or whatever. But yeah, they they're they're trying. That's all I can say. I'm not enjoying very much of anything. Like when I do catch it, it's just too much cinematics, and it's like you're watching a really weird sci-fi horror action yeah. movie. And the, the like the cinematic stuff. If you do it right, it can be great. But if you don't do it right, it's just like what the fuck. And it's it not, just gets out of the head. It's not a sports presentation anymore. No, and like at least at the very least, AEW is kind of doing. Like that, that they're second with their guns, and they're like they're not doing the cinematic stuff. And there's a couple, like there's some of the cinematic ones. Like if you go totally outlandish with it, like the uh, Cena and Wyatt one that they did at uh, WrestleMania, like, I didn't mind that because it was totally off the wall and clearly not a wrestling match. They weren't presenting it as a wrestling match. That I was fine with, but like if you're presenting. If you're trying to present it as a wrestling match, and it's clearly this like like whenever they did the Edge and Randy Orton best wrestling match ever, it's like this isn't the best wrestling match ever. This is just a wrestling match that you heavily edit. Yeah. So I guess uh, I'm curious. Favorite wrestler of all time? That's a really tough one uh, because my powerlifting gear is black and pink, which is the Heart Foundation colors. And my favorite wrestler growing up was Bret Hart. Now, looking at it through a 31-year-old's eyes, I think my favorite ever is Chris Just Nice. He has the body of, like, the quality of work that Bret Hart has, but he can also adapt to anything. That's a solid answer. Favorite MMA fighter of all time? Any weight class? Uh, Mauricio Shogunhua. He, uh, I'm a big pride mark. Pride never die, and I love like before like whenever people like barely knew the UFC like I'd be watching the Pride stuff and seeing dudes like stomp each other's heads in, and he was the figurehead of stomping the dude's head in. I was a big fan of uh, Vanderlei Silva back then as well, and Fedor Emelianenko. But if I'm gonna pick one of those Pride guys, I'm gonna say Mauricio. Huh. Solid answer. All right, next uh, two questions. Who's your least favorite wrestler and your least favorite MMA fighter ever? Ooh, least favorite wrestler? Who? Maybe somebody like, I don't know, maybe like a Brockus or something. Like Even like if you have like a bad wrestler, like they at least provide uh, some value in the form of like comedy. Like even like a Giant Gonzalez or something. Like Giant Gonzalez was fucking trash. But like you see him come out and his fucking like – it just looks like he's nude, but he has a shitload of pubes. Like, <laughs> like he doesn't have to wear clothes. But like somebody like a Brockus or just like shitty meathead that adds zero value. Like that, like clearly is just there because he's 270 pounds of steroids and has zero charisma and zero wrestling ability. That I'm not a big fan of any of that. So I'll, I'll throw Brackus under the bus for that. Uh, least favorite MMA fighter? I'll say, I don't know, maybe 
like whenever I was really into MMA, I'd probably say Michael Bisping, but now he's probably at the top because I really like my, Michael Bisping. But uh, maybe someone like a Bob Sapp because he clearly just jobs. Like he goes out, like as soon as he gets touched on the chin, he drops and then the fight gets stopped and then he stands up immediately. It's just like, you're clearly there to collect a paycheck. What are you doing? That fucking 180 pound man did not just knock 375 pound man out. You're fine. Why are you doing this? But he's doing that because he's getting $250,000 for 30 seconds of work. And I can't fault them on that, but at the same time, it's just like, that's not very sportsmanlike. Would you say Bob Sapp is overrated? <laughs> no, I'd say Bob Sapp sucks. <laughs> overpaid is my word. Bob Sapp is overpaid. Bob Sapp is absolutely overpaid. Uh, since we're in the uh, question mode going on, Jamie, yeah. we are told in life that there are no stupid questions. Right. How would you like to answer five of them? Sure, let's do it. Question number one. Why is a fireplace a fireplace, but a fridge, not a food place? Fridge is a food place. Question two. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, that was direct. (laughs) Question two. What color eyes are you least expecting a stranger to have when you meet them? Purple. (laughs) These are like, you're banging these off quick. Normally there's some humming and humming and you're just like, no, fuck it. A fridge is a food place. (laughs) Is it not? Call it a fucking fridge again and I'll throw shit at you. (laughs) Okay, um, which event doesn't offer face painting, but would most benefit if it started offering face painting? Which event doesn't offer face painting? Now you stop me. Which event doesn't offer face painting, but would benefit by suddenly offering face painting? I can't think of any that don't already offer face As soon as I hear face painting, I think like carnival and that shit. When they clearly already offer face painting. Like what's a, Yeah, like what's a job, though, that doesn't, or an event, or anything? Maybe powerlifting. Fuck it. Just so you can tell who's a competitor and who's not. That would be goddamn amazing seeing yeah. you guys all I, fucking I, painted up. Uh, I'd rock, like, the sting face paint or something out of powerlifting. Let me have face paint. Fuck it. <laughs> powerlifting. Who do we send that to as a suggestion to improve the sport? International Powerlifting Federation. Tell them that... Jamie McDonald wants sting face paint. <laughs> if something goes down the tubes, where does it end up? Something goes down the well, You know when they say, like, oh, that went down the tubes. Then it's the septic tank. The septic tank? That's the tube we're looking at? That's, that's the tubes that I think of. If something's going down the tubes. Straight down the shitter. Shitter. <laughs> the shitter leads to the septic tank. <laughs> uh, so... Anytime someone's told you, oh, well, that went down the tubes, they're basically saying it's shit. Yeah, exactly. Fifth and final question. Is J-Lo still Jenny from the block? Yes. 100%. It's <laughs> actually, but funny story, little tiny fucking 12-year-old Jamie, that was his celebrity crush. Jennifer Lopez. Big fucking J-Lo fan. What, uh, what, what got you hooked on the J-Lo? Yes. Was it Jenny from the block? No. The booty. <laughs> I mean, what ex- what exposure? <laughs> and you might say, say that like, oh, that's a bit, I, I was twelve. I'm not saying I, I. I agree with you. I'm saying though, like, at which point did you notice her booty and you were like, God damn, I have a crush on you. The point that I was a hormonal twelve year old. Well, like, was it like Jenny from the Block? Was it Waiting for Tonight? Was it one of her movie roles? Oh, I, I don't. I don't remember a song specifically. <laughs> I. 
I couldn't pinpoint a song like her music video or whatever specifically, but I just remember seeing her like, oh, she's pretty. This is being the fucking hormonal 12-year-old that doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. What he's saying was he doesn't know the songs because he was watching the videos on mute in his room because it was less... (laughs) (laughs) Because apparently listening to that music would have been more embarrassing than the heavy breathing noises that came out. <laughs> Not incorrect. Not incorrect. Oh, I knew I'd get you. <laughs> I get everyone once. <laughs> if I could get them more than once, I might have a more successful comedy career. But <laughs> you, you just gotta get. You gotta find the hecklers and just because I know one hundred. I know you're a ruthless motherfucker. So if you can find the hecklers, just pinpoint them, just fucking strip them down. You'll be solid once COVID's over. Anyways, because. Yeah. There's obviously not a whole lot of live events going on, but I've been talking to people and we think comedy would be easier to get going than like music, for example, because people aren't trying to dance with one another. You can keep them separated yeah. a lot easier. That's actually that's very true. Like you're not gonna have dancing or like a mosh pit or something. It's just gonna be people listening to what somebody has to say. And if they start dancing, we know they're fucked up and it makes it easy for people to kick them out that are in charge of that shit. Yeah. Somebody's telling a joke. It's probably not the time to be grinding on some, somebody's bird or <laughs> grinding up against somebody's earth or whatever. Maybe, maybe just listen to the joke or maybe don't take as much Molly. Not saying you can't take Molly, just, you know, within reason yeah. for a comedy event. <laughs> not my thing, but if you want to, maybe just don't take enough to want to get your grind on like R. Kelly's playing. R. Kelly doesn't play too much anymore. No, of- he doesn't. I'm so out of touch now with what all the cool kids are doing that <laughs> I wouldn't dare buy a new drug because I would buy something erroneously and end up dying. Yeah, it, uh, I'll, I'll stick to my, uh, my lattes and moose lights. That's, uh, b- by the way, the speaking of moose light, there's a picture on your Instagram with a moose light and a very sharp looking metal. Yes, there is. It's a very sharp looking metal. Indeed. Yeah, I got that today at uh, New Brunswick Powerlifting Association Provincials Gold Medal 83 Kilo Open. So yeah, pretty happy to get that. The metal itself is, I, I wouldn't care if it was gold, silver, or bronze. It's nice metal in general. Yeah, it's pretty cool to finally win a division a legit division that i had competitors in that was pretty cool nice nice so is there anything you want to plug before we we pull the plug uh nothing really i want to plug if you want to get into powerlifting uh you can always check out hybrid performance method as you can see on my shirt as rob mentioned uh hybrid hybrid performance method.com slash training if you want to see specifically the training side, uh, they also offer a nutrition side. I'm not, I'm a, just a client on that side, but they're also very good. I can vouch for them. Black and Tech Fitness Center, if you're in Anaganish County and you want to get into powerlifting, myself, Frank Julian, Corey Julian, Joe Benoit, we're basically always there. We'll show you the ropes. We'll get you involved. That's really it. All right. Well, I guess the last thing to do is to cue the outro music, so... I don't like doing this, so I make all my guests do it. What do you say you cue the outro music? I think you should cue the outro music. All right. You you, got to say hit it or I can't do it. All right. Hit it.